0: Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of My Circus My Monkeys. It is interview season. If you are in student affairs, right now people are probably getting ready to do some interviewing at ACPA and in a few weeks at NASPA. So, if that is you, today we're going to talk about my top three tips for interviewing with a strengths framework. So, stay tuned.
1: You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, and Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University.
0: I have both interviewed a lot of people and coached a lot of people on their interview skills. And today we're going to talk about my top three tips and the flip side of that, which is the top three mistakes I most often see in these situations. So number one, When you are interviewing, you need to focus on how you do things, not what you do or what you've done. What I often see people do is talking about their experiences and focusing on those experiences. And of course, the idea there is I'm really qualified. Look at all the things I've done. I would be great at this job because it requires a similar skill set. So since I've already kind of done it, just let me do this. And the logic there isn't bad. I mean, it makes sense, right? But you need to keep in mind, if you have gotten to the point where you get an interview, guess who else got interviews? Other people who have similar backgrounds and similar experiences. So if you go into an interview, and a pretty standard question is, tell me a little bit about yourself. Most people just tell me what's on their resume. And unfortunately. People who are interviewing and, and probably lots of you do interviews yourself and you know how tedious it can be to listen to people ramble on and on and on. And sometimes, especially if they're doing these interviews back to back, basically that question, any sort of introductory question, is your 90 seconds to make that first impression. It's your opportunity to give your elevator speech of why I should pay attention to whatever else you say. Because for the most part, nobody interviewing you is going to say, oh my gosh, you know what? You're already so boring, let's just hang it up. But what they will do is tune out. And I know I have done that and it, it's not something that's intentional, but if you've got all this other stuff to do, all these other things on your plate, plus maybe lunch is coming up or you've just had lunch and you're a little sleepy, it's just so easy if you don't capture someone's attention for us to kind of focus on other things? Again, it's not intentional, but that's not great for you as a candidate. So what should you do? Since you are going into this, having similar skills and abilities as the other candidates, then you need to focus on your talents. And that means how you do those things. So for example, say you've developed a new support system for transfer students. And so, yes, that's something on your resume and probably something that you would like to highlight. But are you just talking about the nuts and bolts of what was there? Or are you saying how you went about this project? Because the whole thing with the strengths framework is that for the most part, anyone can do anything. The question is, how are they going to approach it? And that's where focusing on your talents is key. So in this fictional support system that you have built, of course, you don't focus just on the bullet points, but rather how you got there. And of course, this is gonna be individual to each of you. Like everyone's going to approach it a slightly different way. For me, that would have gone something like this. I saw how transfer students were struggling and I heard through the grapevine and sometimes directly how frustrated they were trying to fit in trying to balance all their responsibilities and get their classwork done. And I saw an opportunity to build something to help support them. So at that point, I talked to a group of transfer students to find out what they really needed. Then I called a meeting with some key players on campus and brought them together to talk about what that would look like if all of our departments worked together, And then from that point, yada, yada, yada. So you're helping whoever's interviewing you really get a picture of what it looks like when you go to work. Because if you just focus on the end product, it's just kind of like, I don't know if you watch South Park, but the episode with the gnomes and the underpants, step one, collect underpants. Step two, step three, profit. Kind of that missing little widget in the middle, that's the important part to focus on. Because one of the big things people forget when they're interviewing is finding a good fit. And sometimes what's written in the job description isn't necessarily what that job would be like in real life. So these interviews are a really good opportunity for you to just say, this is who I am, this is how I operate, and the results I get. And then you can tell based on their reaction, based on some of the questions they're asking, If you are on the right track, not for getting the job necessarily, but is this going to be a good fit? And on their end, they're going to be able to say to themselves, I guess, maybe not to you directly, wow, that's really what we need here as someone who takes the initiative to see where our gaps are, bring people together and create these new structures. Or if that's a place where no one does that, in order to start any new initiative, you have to go through the hierarchy, then they're not gonna be happy with me because I'm gonna go around causing trouble by saying, oh, here's a gap, let's do all this work to create this without getting proper permission. And likewise, I'm not gonna wanna work there because if I have to go through all this red tape to make changes that I know are gonna positively impact students, I'm not gonna work there. So by focusing on how you do things instead of what you do or what you've done, you really help illustrating how you operate to the people that you're interviewing with, and also feeling out for that good fit. Okay, number two. It's really easy to think of an interview as a bunch of separate questions. But really, what I want you to do is keep the end in mind and think of it as an entire story. I teach speech at Maryville University. Probably many of you have taken a speech class. And there's really three parts to that speech, right? There's the introduction, there's your three main points or however many main points you have, and then there's the conclusion. How does this work? Introduction, this is what I'm going to talk about. Main points, talk about the main points. Conclusion, this is what I just talked about. So I want you to think of your interview as a speech. So that tell me a little bit about yourself. That's your introduction, And again, not an introduction about these are the things that I've done, because they're going to be very similar to the things other people have done, but rather, this is who I am. Then as you answer all of those questions, you're going to be hitting those points over and over again. And then when you get to the end of the interview, those questions like, do you have any questions for us? Why should we hire you? Why are you the best candidate for the job? That's the time to bring in your conclusion which again is reiterating all the things that would make you a good candidate, which you have been saying the entire time. Now, how do you do that in a structured manner? What I do is encourage people to think about their quote unquote brand. Or when we work with supervisors, we help them develop their authentic leadership style, which is essentially how do the talents that you have combine and work together to make you the leader, the supervisor that you are authentically. So not this is a bunch of stuff I have seen other successful leaders do that I've just adapted, but rather this is coming genuinely from the set of skills and talents that I have. And when I work in that strength zone, I am at my best. And typically for an interview, I encourage people to pick three things, three main things That you want people to remember about you when they get off that phone, when they get off that Zoom call, in other times, when you leave that room. And what this does is it allows you to create a narrative throughout the entire interview. Again, introduction. This is who I am as a leader, these three things. As you answer the questions, strengths, weaknesses, what you look for in a supervisor, what role you play on a team, how you handle XYZ all going back to these three points. Conclusion, these three things. And the reason I say three is that it's an easy amount of things to remember when you're in a stressful situation. Most people find interviewing stressful if for no other reason, we're just not used to talking about ourselves for long periods of time and in some people's opinion, bragging on ourselves. And so that can seem a little bit awkward. And for those of you who like to prepare, you probably sit down with these are common questions, how would I answer them? But then what happens when somebody throws you a curveball? You know, they throw you that question that you're not prepared for or you've literally never thought of. And so, when that happens, you just sit there, it seems like time is standing still, everyone's staring at you, everything's in slow motion, whatever. Yeah, well, slow motion or standing still, whatever. But there's a lot of pressure. And when you don't have these three things in your head, when you haven't thought about what do I want these people to remember about me when I leave, then you're basically scanning your entire brain and all of your experiences for an answer to that question. When you've narrowed it down to those three things, it's pretty easy, or at least easier, to take a second, breathe, and think, okay, this question, how can I talk about any or all of these three things to answer this question? You've made it way easier for you to be able to answer in a way that's consistent with your entire message. So, if I were interviewing, my three things are connections, input, and making strategic decisions. And so, what does that look like? I have ideation, I have connectedness, and I also have adaptability. And all of those things help me look at situations, at people, at opportunities. And connect ideas, connect people in ways that other people don't necessarily see. So there's a lot of opportunity there for doing things in an innovative and creative way. That's how I see the world. In order to help me turn those ideas into action, I'm great at doing the research. I have context and input. So when I have these ideas, when I have made these connections about things people need or opportunities, I go to the Googles. I look things up. I look up the research. I look at the context. How did we get where we are? So we're not repeating mistakes. And then once I do that, my third point being able to analyze all of that data to make the best decision possible moving forward in a relatively quick fashion. And that's my strategic. So those are my three things. So as I sit through all the interview questions, when they're asking me about my strengths and weaknesses, I'm not repeating verbatim, but I'm again talking about my ability to see connections where other people don't, which affords me the opportunity to be innovative and create new opportunities for students, for staff, etc. I'm able to ground those ideas in the research, in the thoughts and feelings and opinions of the people around me to make sure that the ideas are matching the needs of the environment. And then once I have that information, I can quickly assess what we should do, who needs to be involved, and who needs to do it to make it happen. So every single question, I'm bringing in one or two or all of those points. So again, at the end, when I leave that virtual or real space, they know exactly what I'm about. Not what I've done, but what I'm about and what I could do for them. Because in reality, right, like if you just talk about the things you've done, that's all past oriented. You could get there and just check out and do nothing. They want to know what you're going to do for them. So again, number two, keep the end in mind. So the third point, and this again goes to mistakes people make, preparing ahead of time. I have absolutely had people contact me to set up coaching appointments for interviews that are within days. Like, I just recently had somebody contact me on a Monday to see if they could meet with me because they had an interview on Friday, but they couldn't even meet with me until Thursday. So, I guess they gave me a little bit of notice to set up a meeting, but there was really no time in between so they could take what they learned about themselves and about this process and really do the homework to be able to make these ideas sing. So, no matter how I was going to say photogenic you are, which I guess could also be the case, but no matter how well you talk to people, how good are you talk to people? Hmm. Why can't I say this? It's a Monday morning and I, I've had laryngitis, so I haven't been talking much for the past week and a half. So I guess me words no come good now. No matter how comfortable you are talking about yourself or talking to others, taking the time to do this research is going to make you way more polished. And again, really hone your message, your brand, your authentic leadership style. And that's what people want to buy or rather higher. So a few things on how you can do that is to review your report from Gallup. So go back and download that, that signature theme report if you just got your top five or your insight report. Or if you got your full report and you got all 34, then go look at your top 10 read through them, underline, highlight the things that most resonate. And when you think about that authentic leadership style, we have a process that we take people through in our coaching and in our workshops. But if you're just doing it on your own, go through and look at similar things in each one. Because your themes, your talents don't work in isolation. They work with one another. So for example, my connectedness my connecting main point, part of my brand, making those connections, making those ideas, people, bringing them together, that idea comes up in several of my talent themes. It comes up in connectedness. It comes up in ideation. It comes up in adaptability. So there's gonna be themes and words that overlap. Find those things, that's who you are. When you think about yourself as a leader, as a supervisor, and if you're not a supervisor at this point, just who you are as an employee. And in addition to just reading through your report and looking for those things, ask the people around you. You know, maybe come up with, this is a list of, you know, three to five things that I think kind of summarize me so I can help narrow that down. What do you think? And get their feedback, these people that have worked with you and kind of know how you're showing up because we're often blinded to our own awesomeness Talents come to us so easily, we take them for granted and we don't really see how they manifest on a daily basis. So getting that feedback from others can be really valuable too. And then, of course, you're going to want to narrow it down. What are your three things? What is your quote unquote brand that you're going to focus on when you go through this interview and you're again, introduction, this is who I am. Every single question, bringing in how those things show up over and over again. Conclusion, bringing those back in again. So again, those are my top three tips. Focusing on how you do things, not what you do. Keep the end in mind and prepare ahead of time. And it would be fantastic if you did get some interview coaching. Of course, we offer it at Strengths University, perhaps wherever you are. I know NASPA, ACPA, they also have some resources available to people who are interviewing Take advantage of those and prepare ahead of time because you want to be as clear as possible about who you are as a candidate, who you are as a leader, and who you are as an employee because that's going to make you stick out and it's going to let them know right away, are you the best person for this job? Yes or no? And if it's yes, you're in. And if it's no, that's good for you and them because it's just not a good fit. So if you're interviewing, good luck. Hopefully this was helpful. Feel free to contact us if you have any questions. Or if you are not feeling as confident as you could be, contact us to get that interview coaching because this is your shot to get the job you want. Be prepared because afterwards, when everything shakes out, if you haven't gotten the job that you wanted, it's kind of too late. Okay, so. I always give homework. I guess kind of the homework here is implied, but if you're not interviewing, but you know someone who is, please send them this podcast episode so they can better prepare. But if you are interviewing, go back, do the prep work so you can focus on how you do things, not what you do, and keep the end in mind. Until next time, stay strong.
1: Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkeys. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, wwwstrentsuniversityorg slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.
0: As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it. So you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track. So we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our summer institute starts on May 28th Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest, and that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes, or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org.
1: Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.